Hey, good evening, Top Fan Rivalry followers. It is Bill and Jackson, which means it's Thursday night, which means we're filming another weekly review so we can drop it for you on Saturday. And so anyways, Jackson, how are we doing tonight? Doing all right. I mean, uh, Braves are tied 1-1. Dodgers are tied 1-1. The NLDS looks entertaining, at least. All I have to say, Jackson, is I... Obviously, I love being in it, but it always is hard because, like, it, I feel like I need a cardiologist after every game. Oh, I feel I feel that. <laughs> so, okay, so what do you got? We were we've got the playoffs now. So, what's your first first comment that you want to make? I mean, I'll I'll get one elephant out of the room. The Astros are up two games to none on the Mariners. Um, mm-hmm. Not shocking, to say the least. I know we all wanted the Mariners to upset the Astros, but the Astros are a very good team. Uh, Jordan Alvarez hit another home run tonight, and then they intentionally walked him the next time he came to the plate. So I just think that's – if you if you want any shot, runners on base, bases loaded, you got to walk the guy. You can't, you can't be messing around with him. I don't know how he – I don't know why you'd bring Robbie Ray in to face Jordan Alvarez. Just looking at the numbers, Robbie Ray was the worst pitcher against the Astros this year by – a very large margin right so to bring him bring him out of the bullpen in game one for a lefty on lefty matchup with Jordan Alvarez when you got I'm not saying Alex Bregman some sort of pushover but I I would have left my closer in to face Alex Bregman Bregman with the bases loaded that at that point yeah it's you know what's funny is the Astros are not dominating these games I thought they would dominate and so with a little bit of luck we might be back in Houston you know, it, let's see what's that going to be Saturday, Sunday. A little Sunday. chance we could be back in Houston on Tuesday. Just saying, right? But, but yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it doesn't it doesn't bode well uh, for the Astros. I mean, they rock Justin Verlander, and then they somehow let the leads slip away. And then today, you know, they didn't have much going. It was tight pitching game. You know. Agreed. The playoffs, the playoffs, you got to win those one run games because if you lose them, the, the one run losses are more of a backbreaker than losing 10 to zero because you feel like you had more of a shot and you blow through all your high leverage guys. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So my number one is going to be a little different. My number one is going to be what was Manfred thinking? Okay. And we almost should create our own segment. What's Manfred thinking? How in the world do you think you're going to? Add a play now as a fan, I love it. But how in the world do you think you're going to add a series, a wild card series, get it all done in one month and go into November? Okay. So here's my thought What happens if the Guardians get past the Yankees? What happens if they get past, let's say, the Astros or, or Cincinnati? If they play the Dodgers in the World Series, let's say the Dodgers get there, if they play the Dodgers, they won't have their first home game. Okay, at uh, in um, Cleveland until November 2nd. Tell me how warm it's going to be in November playing baseball outside. Uh, It's not going to be very warm at all. No. And I, I get why this is happening, because we had to push the season back a week and a half because of the, the lockout. I get it. But and I love the extra series. Right. But at the same time, you got to be super careful with this stuff. Be super careful with it. Just saying. 
So I mean, e- even like New York. I mean, Atlanta, Atlanta gets really bad weather a lot of the year, and it, it gets really bad in the fall. It's just really wet. So it's not cold. It's like sticky and wet, which you could argue is worse than playing in the cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What happens if you have a series like this and the World Series is the Colorado Rockies against the Minnesota Twins? I think that's like the nightmare scenario for for the MLB. But looking at the stats, the Rockies have existed for 30 years. They've made the playoffs like three times. So I don't think they're too worried about that. <laughs> Sorry, Rockies fans. Sorry, he's a good guy. Don't egg his house. Nice, nice ballpark. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. we'll 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 leave it at that. (laughs) There you go. There you go. All right. So that's my number one. What you got for number two? Number two. Uh, I mean, the scheduling. I'm I'm going to talk kind of piggyback on it. The scheduling more of like I understand they don't want games being played at the same time, and it it just baffles me how weird the schedules has been with the ALDS having a day off now that the Yankees and guardians got rained out. Now they have two days off and then they play and then they don't have a day off. And it's, it's just really weird. And can we talk about how they tried to get the Atlanta Braves to play day games? And I'm yeah. going to complain as the Braves Homer, because as they're affectionately known on social media as the Atlanta vampires um, in day games this year, they're 24 and 27 games that start before 4, 4 PM. After 4 p.m., they're 77 and 34. <laughs> so the thing about that is, and Thomas brings up a really good point, right? My thing about this is, is you're not giving any love to the to the World Series champions. Yeah, that, right? that's also a concern. I, I mean, let, let's think about it. Does it really hurt playing both the National League Series games at the same time at night? Probably not. Because... Brace fans aren't going to want to watch the Dodgers play. Most Brace fans don't like the Dodgers. Most, almost no Dodgers fans want to watch the Braves play. So, you know, it's kind of like this this double edged sword where they're trying to max out on their their TV revenue, but right. instead I think they're they're hurting the competitiveness because you know playoffs all about it's all about the night games. Yeah. When you get to the play, what do you think playoffs? You don't think you know we're going to play at twelve thirty five Eastern time, you know. Poor, poor Seattle fans, you know, just got into work at 9 a.m. And they're like, well, the game's on. What do I do now? guess I'm not working for the next three hours, you know? Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. But, yeah. Well, so that, that, that's been my complaint. Playoffs have been very good overall. Just the, the scheduling, like you said, it's been weird. The days and the times, it's just. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, for most of you that listen to these, you know, that Jackson's the stat guy. I usually come in with some stats, but I'm nowhere near as good as Jackson um, on that. But I'm I'm going to complain a little bit tonight. Okay, are you ready for my complaint, Jackson? I am. For the love of everything decent and holy, back off Clayton Kershaw. Okay, if you look at and I'm going to drop two more names. If you look at Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer and their records in the playoffs, and you look at Clayton Kershaw. They're not too far off, boys and girls. Okay. And what's Max Scherzer's record in the World Series? Oh, 0-6 with an, a plus-5 ERA? And you're going to talk about how Clayton Kershaw is a great regular season pitcher, but he's terrible in October? Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Stop it. If you're going mean- to do that, talk about Max Scherzer. 
Talk about Justin Verlander same way. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I mean, the problem is people, you know, they tend they tend to remember the, the worst about players for some odd reason in the postseason. Clayton Kershaw, when Mike Matheny was the manager of the Dodgers, was often left in far too long. See, you know, when they played the Cardinals in the playoffs, I think it was in 2013 and 2014, both times, you know, Kershaw had no business being out there in the seventh inning. He was gassed. He was over 100 pitches, you know, high-stress high pitches too because it's the playoffs. Every pitch is a high-stretch p- pitch in the playoffs. And, you know, he gets a runner on or gets two runners on, you know. I appreciate the mentality of sticking with your guy, but sometimes you got to go, sorry, this is why we paid pay the bullpen guys. It's time to get out of here and try to get these last outs because in the playoffs, you, you can't play around, you know, trying to play hero ball, you know, going, oh, I want him to win the game. No, you, you got to do what's best for the team. Right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good it looks. You just got got to get it done. Yeah. I mean, JV got lucky by the Astros not losing that game the other day, but he looked terrible. He gave up, what, five or six runs inside of four six innings? Runs, yeah. He looked terrible. And everybody talks about Clayton Kershaw. Now, I got a text message from somebody today that said, it's so sad that all three of these guys are going to be first ballot Hall of Famers, and they were great regular season pitchers, but they were terrible postseason. Okay, that's fine, but everybody back off Clayton because that's the first thing everybody says. And Clayton had a rough, rough first inning yesterday and a rough second inning, but then he retired nine in a row. Yeah. Okay. So, and he had six strikeouts last night. He is the all time strikeout leader in postseason history. Back off. So, I just, I'm, I, I'm, Jackson, I apologize. I'm complaining about this, but for the love of everything decent, holy, you gotta, you, even the playing field. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's unfair, to, you know, to go go there and really kind of just you know rag on a guy for playoffs are a small sample size compared to the regular season. Obviously, right? There's very few pitchers that you know their their postseason stats look way better in their regular season. Madison Bumgarner is one that, that comes to mind that, you know, it's the postseason's often just hitting your stride at the right time, you know, and when you're, right. when you're the ace, you're the workhorse, you know, you got a lot of mileage on you. My, 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 my complaint would be that, you know, the Dodgers don't trust their starters after five things. If I was a Dodgers fan, I wouldn't be complaining about, uh, you know, playoff Kershaw. I'd be complaining more about we're only getting five innings out of these guys. That's, you know? that's another podcast that we'll do, Jackson, because trust <laughs> me, there's there's some things I'm seeing in the playoffs that I could I could play Monday morning quarterback. <laughs> I'm not going to, but I could play Monday morning quarterback. Yeah. So anyways, what's your number three? Number three. Mm-hmm. I mean. I just think with a lot of close games, bullpen management is kind of coming to the forefront. I already mentioned. I mentioned it on the podcast about Robbie Ray coming in the face, Jordan Alvarez. That was before. Yeah. Yeah. Robbie Ray had no business coming out of the bullpen, you know, and I, I, I foray into other, other, you know, forms of media for, for baseball. I've heard other people say, you know, managers overthink things. They try to get, people say they try to get cute, but I think over analysis, you know, they overthink, they overthink a simple game, you know, and you can use some examples, you know, Robbie Ray, coming in and, you know, blowing the game for the Mariners when he had no business being there, you know, he's a starting pitcher. You shouldn't bring your starting pitchers out of the bullpen. 
unless, you know, you're the Arizona Diamondbacks bringing Randy Johnson out of the bullpen or the Giants bringing, you know, 2014 Madison Bumgarner out of the bullpen. There's very few cases where it actually works. And I think playoff or bullpen management is going to be big in the NLDS coming up because, you know, the Phillies and the Braves play two pretty close games. Mm-hmm. You know, the Phillies have used their high leverage relievers twice now. They don't have too many of them. They're pretty good. They don't have too many of them where the Braves are kind of, they're able to hold back their high leverage guys in game one. And then game two, you really saw it. You know, AJ Minter, Rice Iglesias, and Kenley Jansen just absolutely slammed the door on that game. You know, and that's going to be something to look for in the Dodgers. You know, again, the, the whole, you know, I understand the analytics and I understand you having the bullpen, but sometimes you want to get more than five innings out because you don't, in a seven game series, you know, when you're throwing four or five pitchers out of the bullpen, you start to play with fire about three, four games in because these, these hitters get locked in. Yeah. I, get locked I, watching the game last night, watching Zach Wheeler pitch, I don't know how anyone hits a baseball. <laughs> Zach Wheeler, Kyle Wright, that, that was an absolute pitcher's duel. I don't know how anyone hits a baseball, but you know, as a professional, I bet you feel pretty good. You know, if you saw Zach Wheeler, Kyle Wright, you know, pitch two days in a row and throw 25 pitches and you go, ah, I, I could hit that. You know, get two or three at bats. Yeah. So well, I, that, that's my big takeaway for, for Jacks is watch the bullpens this weekend because they're going to decide both the Padres Dodgers series and the Braves Philly series. Yep. Yep. Good call. Good call. All right. Here's my final thought um, on this. In October, it doesn't matter if you have 111 wins or 89 wins when you get in the playoffs. doesn't matter. Everybody starts at zero, right, in the playoffs. The team that is going to advance to the World Series, both out of both leagues, is the ones that play what I'm going to call best baseball IQ. And what I mean by that is understanding pitch count, understanding um, – for example, last night in the Dodger game, um, Gavin Lux came up after uh, JT had walked on four straight pitches and he took two more balls in a row. That meant Hugh Darvish had thrown six pitches in a row that were balls. And on that seventh pitch, Lux swung. Now, gratefully, he got a base hit to right field. But that may not be your best course of action. Take that pitch, make him throw another pitch. Make them throw because pitch counts in in the playoffs matter. Okay, and when you're looking at a when you're looking at a um, a Kyle Wright or a Zach Wheeler, like you're talking about, if Kyle Wright is throwing strikes, but let's say in the the first inning, um, Bryce Harper has an 11 pitch at bat with him, and then walks right, fouls off a bunch of pitches and then walks. That changes the strategy of what Brian Snicker can do. That cha- you know, you don't want your guy in the first inning throwing 30 or 40 pitches, yeah. right? And so it's going to all come down to baseball IQ. It's going to come down to how you play the game, not what you do, but how you play the game. Not everybody's going to hit a five-run Jimmy Jack, right? Yeah. And I joke about that five-run thing. Guys, I know that I'm being facetious. Please understand that. But not everybody's going to hit a five-run Jimmy Jack every time they're at the plate. So – my argument is, is the team that advances to the fall classic in the National League and the American League plays a better baseball IQ game, which means the Guardians are still in it, which means Seattle's still in it, which means in the National League, it's up for grabs. Does that make sense, Jackson? Yes. I mean, the Guardians still have, you know, they're only down one game to zero. The Mariners, you know, they still have to lose one more game. 
yeah. as long as you're in it, look at the, you know, the Red Sox came back from a 3-0 deficit. If the 2004 Red Sox can do it, anyone can do it, mm-hmm. you know, and you're right. It's, it's baseball IQ um, going to game one of the Braves against the Phillies. You know, the Phillies were really aggressive, which worked in their favor with a pitcher like Max Freed when he didn't have his good stuff. But you got to wonder down the line, you know, if Max Freed pitches again, he's going to take advantage of the free swinging Phillies because Ranger Suarez was certainly a benefactor in that. The, the Braves only mm-hmm. lost that game by one run, but I wouldn't say, you know, a lot of Phillies fans here were like, oh, yeah, you know, we, we dominated that game. And I wouldn't say that the Phillies dominated game one. The Braves hit themselves out of game one. They were swinging at too many bad pitches, left the bases loaded twice. Then playoff baseball, playoff baseball, leadoff man gets on, especially leadoff double in the first Acuna. You can't cash that in. Backbreaking. Keep in mind, um, keep in mind, keep in mind, keep in mind that the Dodgers have two players, and I won't mention names, but Mookie Betts and Trey Turner, who cannot not swing at a first pitch. It is against the religion to not swing at the first pitch. And so if you're Mookie, the Dodgers are up, you know, or uh, it's tied 1-1, you're at Petco. And if you swing at the first pitch of the first inning and you ground out, Blake Snell is not a guy that will throw 100 pitches. He's going to throw 75 to 85 max. If you ground out on one pitch, you're playing right into his hand. Now, if you ground out on six or seven pitches, okie dokie. Yeah, I mean. Right. And so it drives me nuts watching these playoff things. And I'm now, again, granted, guys, I'm not a professional athlete, so I can say this stuff, but I'm not the guy in the arena. I recognize that fact. I'm not the guy looking at staring at 65,000 fans and three million on a viewing audience. So. But you, it's just it's the game is different today than it was 20 years ago. And so everybody's looking to hit the six run home run every time they're at bat and drives me batty. Yeah. I mean, I've only really had time to watch the Braves Philly game. So I'll give another example. Zach Wheeler had 50 pitches through five innings against the Braves Mm -hmm. last night. He had 58 pitches through six. No, coming into the sixth inning, he had 50 pitches. Oh, okay. 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 And that, that's when the Braves, the Braves broke. He had 58 pitches with two outs in the sixth, you know, throws a bad pitch to Acuna, you know, slight delay there, got hit on the elbow by a 97 mile an hour fastball. It happens. It hurts. You know, and then he kind of lost his composure. And it's, it's about, it's like you said, you know, baseball IQ as a pitcher and you're rolling, you hit a batter, just shrug it off. Keep doing what you're doing. And to walk Dansby Swanson on like four pitches, a guy who also, for some reason, swings at every first pitch. You throw a fastball anywhere near the strike zone, that man's swinging. And then, you know, the inning kind of spiraled out of control from there. You know, and it's it's that mentality, the baseball IQ. You don't want to help the pitcher out, but you also want to get the best pitch to hit. True. So it, True. It's, really, it's really tough to balance that. And going to the Gavin Lux example, is you know, he walks the guy on four pitches. You know, conventional wisdom says, you know, he might try to throw get me over changeup or get me over curveball to try to get, you know, start, start the next batter. Oh, one, but you also don't want to swing because you don't want to chase a bad pitch and roll into a double play. Correct. Correct. Well, Jackson, I think we, this is so much fun. I think we nailed it. We're going to do another, um, another one of these next week, obviously. And we're also going to have the teams that are still in it next week, doing another podcast with a group of people, Jackson, as much as I, I love you. I hope that you're in there. 
for that one, but I, I hope it's not the Braves in the World Series. Sorry, I said that out loud. Um, but my team's still in it. Now, once my team's out of it, I might talk differently, right? So. Yeah, I mean, and this isn't a slight on you or any of the Dodgers fans that come on here, but a lot of Dodgers fans were, you know, because you guys were talking about you can't take the Padres for granted, but a lot of people were just like, oh, the Padres are just going to roll over. The Padres are not going to roll over for the Dodgers. I don't care how many times they got whale on in the regular season. They lost a lot of one run games in the regular season. So, you know, these guys are itching. You, you saw Manny Machado pinch his home run. He's got a chip on his shoulder, especially in LA with how the fans treated him after the world series there. Well, keep in mind too, that, that, <laughs> that Manny, um, you know, I slide with my spikes up Machado yeah. um, made a comment that he says, I want the Dodgers to see what they missed out by not signing me. Yeah, and so he has a personal vendetta. That's fine. Yeah, and you know vendetta, that's fine. But honestly, the Padres are not a team like they're not a team to be reckoned with. They are they are a good team. They are not like it's not a team that you just go oh you know they limped into the playoffs. Yeah. Doesn't matter. This, this doesn't matter. This isn't Milwaukee. This isn't nope. you know this isn't Tampa Bay. You know with Tampa Bay's fifty seven injuries or whatever they had. You know, this is this is a team that they have a, a solid lineup. They have a good starting staff and they have a decent enough bullpen, you know, there, and we saw there's a, there's a lot of Dodger fans that were complaining last night on a live. And I just finally said to, you, to the Dodger fans, I said, guys, listen, guys and gals, listen, you have to win 11 games. I did not expect the Dodgers to go 11 and 0. No. OK, how many times uh, does that happen? <laughs> 11 and four, maybe. But that means you got to lose four games. Right. So you, if you get past the Padres, maybe you lose a game or two in the, the league championship series. Maybe you lose one in the World Series. But I didn't expect them to go 11 and 0. And nor do you expect the Braves to go 11 no. and 0. I'm, I'm fully expecting this series with Philadelphia to go five games. Yeah. I, I that's probably a safe bet. The Phillies, much like the Padres, feel underdogs. They have this chip, this personal vendetta against Atlanta because they're just sick of being beat up on. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so. I, I get it. Division rivalries are great for playoff baseball. I mean, for the neutral fan. <laughs> it's exactly. horrible to watch us. It is what it is. Um, okay, Jackson, I got exciting news to tell you. Okay, you ready for exciting news? I am. Okay. Um, not only do we have different hat colors coming in in a week, um, next week, but we also have a playoff edition hat coming in. Oh. Uh, you can use, if you buy one of them, you can use which code, Jackson? I think you just code Jack. It's back. That's right. We haven't That's mentioned right. it in like three weeks. It's back. Exactly. It's it's code Jackson. The problem is, is if you buy two, we're going to give you an extreme discount. Um, and so if you buy two, you, you won't be able to use the discount code. But let's just say maybe you might be paying for the second hat, just the cost of shipping or a little bit more. And so um, now when I say limited edition, Jackson, we're only getting 50 of these printed up. Oh, so I might if, have to buy one. <laughs> if you don't have uh if you don't have a hat, that's that's on you, right? Because once the 50 is done, it's done. Um, we're making it a very limited edition for you, top band rivalry followers. By all means, please um order early, order often. That will be on the website in the next day or two. Okay. We had a, you know, obviously there's supply chain issues in a lot of places. We wanted to launch it first week of the playoffs, but it had nothing to do with 
with um, us and or our person, right? Um, our provider. So it was out of his hands too. So it's exciting news, right, Jackson? It is. Good times. As someone who has many hats, I, I do like a new hat. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> well, well, top fans, uh, you know, I love doing this with Jackson. I think Jackson has one of the best statistical minds in baseball. If he ends up, don't be surprised if he ends up working for top fan for the rest of his life um, as a career, but he'll probably fire top fan to go work for the Braves or something like that. Cause it was mine, but I love doing this with you, Jackson. I look forward to it and I'm so grateful you take the time out and for you top fans. I hope you guys love it. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening to me guys. All you listeners out there. Really appreciate you bet. it. One more week, Jackson, right? Here we go. Oh, another weekend of stressful playoff baseball, right? Exactly. Exactly. All right, my friend, I will talk to you later. Top fans. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye.